You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And we have a fun-filled show for you today. Listen, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs a little bit. Uh, then we'll go ahead and give you our predictions on the NFL. And then we have a couple of interesting trade scenarios, one being that of Randall Cunningham against none other than Deshaun Watson. And then we have Cam Newton against none other than Dante Culpepper. So we have a fun field show for you. Let's get to it. NBA playoffs. We have our final four. Uh, we do have in the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics. Uh, as of right now, the Boston Celtics are down 0-2 to the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat looks absolutely phenomenal, man, every turn. Yes, they do get down in the game, but they ultimately come back with a, a – man, they just keep grinding. And I just absolutely love to have core sets with regards to all of the motion, the pick-and-roll action, bam, with the phenomenal block against Jason Tatum. Magic Johnson calling that actually the best defensive block, defensive move he's seen in the NBA playoffs. Uh, ever so man this has just been a very very interesting series what say you Danny it's been strange man because the Celtics you think like last night they're up what 13 and a half they had control of the game Kemba Walker was getting busy because he's been struggling a lot both on the offense and defense defensive end so it was good to see him get going and then all of a sudden man Miami just lambasted him <laughs> <laughs> It was unreal. And then it's just one of those things that was similar to the game one. Man, what can you say about Jimmy Butler and his defense, man? It's just been absolutely phenomenal, especially on the wings. And, and every time it seems like he is really just uh, in the passing lane. The defense that the Miami Heat uh, are playing is just top notch. They are 10-1 in the bubble, that one loss being against our Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I believe that's when Giannis, Giannis was hurt. Congratulations to Giannis on, on winning consecutive MVP awards, but you're in Greece right now in the Miami Heat are playing in the conference finals. Man, the, Miami Heat, they, they are just coached extremely well. When you look at the team makeup and huge kudos to Pat Riley, I mean, Riles always does it, man. It never fails. Mm -hmm. He has this thing down packed. I mean, the culture that the Miami Heat have uh, is absolutely phenomenal. And their young players are fearless. They're not afraid to take a shot in the big moment at it's, all. It's absolutely amazing, man. So big kudos to them, man. Just their makeup of the team. Um, they still have a couple more games to go in this, in this series. I'm not counting out the Boston Celtics. Uh, I think that they're going to uh, have something to say about being down 0-2. But nonetheless, I think they're going to uh, – uh, it's, it's still a long series to go, I believe. Yeah, and you don't want to waste Marcus Smart shooting a three the way he's been shooting it. Oh, man, he's been he's been so absolutely phenomenal out there, yeah. 
and his defense as well on his side on their side of the ball. So it's one of those things where a couple different plays go one way or the other. Boston could be up 2-0 right now. So I'm very interested to see game three and how that plays out because Boston, like you said, they're not just going to lay down. And I would just say this to our fans. Listen, be on a lookout for a future podcast. Uh, we're going to actually break down our Milwaukee Bucks, uh, their offseason. And I would just say this. There are four teams this year that is in the luxury tax. Four. If you paid attention to our podcast, our previous podcast, you know how much I am all in. You know how much I have said we need to put all the chips in the middle of the table and go for it. And that would include going into the luxury tax. You cannot be conservative in this space. And oh, by the way, one of those teams that's in the luxury tax are the very own Miami Heat. Miami is considered a small market. Yes, Miami has the, the fame, the, the flash, all that stuff, right? But they are considered to be in a small market, and this small market team is in the luxury tax. And this small market team went ahead and bounced out the number one overall seed in the NBA playoffs, our Milwaukee Bucks. And I'll just say that's why Giannis is in Greece accepting the MVP award. So, Jason, moving on to the Western Conference final. Yes, we'll go to Western Conference. That's kicking off tonight. How are you looking at this Lakers-Denver series based on how Denver just bounced the Los Angeles Clippers? Hey, man, listen. Look here, man. Let's go on over to the Clippers right quick. Let's go over to the Clippers (laughs) right quick, man. Listen, the Clippers were up three games to one against the very own Denver Nuggets, okay? The Clippers had an excellent opportunity to advance in this conference finals for the very first time in franchise history. Mm Mm-hmm. They have two stars. Mm-hmm. Some can argue two superstars. And they were up three games to one. Let me ask you this before I get to the conference finals, Danny. Yep. Let me ask you this. Which is most impressive in terms of a being down 3-1? Is it the Denver Nuggets being down 3-1 not once but twice this NBA playoff season? Or is it LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers being down one three against the Golden State Warriors. Which which is most impressive? Which team is most impressive? The Denver Nuggets or the Cleveland Cavaliers? Wow. I think based on the stakes that are involved, I think it's the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Warriors. And the stigma that fell on Cleveland since they hadn't won anything and all the pressure that was on them. Draymond kind of gave them that series versus what Denver has done is incredible. And it goes to the other thing of the Clippers were up double figures in all those those last three games. Exactly. Just blew it. Yep, exactly. So you got to give it to Denver. Kudos to Denver for not giving up. Uh, They could have gave up in that Utah series and just said, we're done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they could have made a ton of excuses coming off of a seven-game series. Mm -hmm. But it seemed like they just got stronger as the series wore on. So I think it's the LeBron – come back on the Golden State Warriors who were 73 and 9 that year. Everything was against Cleveland. There's no way they should have won that series. Until like I said Draymond that questionable kick up to LeBron in the groin area. Mm-hmm. But both were incredible. I just think all the pressure that was on LeBron in that series for them to come back against the Golden State Warriors, the giant in the NBA at that 
at that time, I think was in this certain case, I would go with Cleveland. How about you, Listen, Jason? As I was thinking about it, I, I was torn, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, for all the reasons what, what you just mentioned about the Cleveland Cavaliers, I looked at it from the Denver Nuggets standpoint in where that series against Utah was phenomenal. Uh, it was just an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal series. I don't know. I, I just think that when you do it one time, you also when you, excuse me, when you do it twice, that's even better, man. I mean, in the same playoff season, yep. your back is against the wall like that. I was I was really torn. I mean, again, that first series against Utah with Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray, I mean, you're talking about two players going for 50. Mm-hmm. 40 plus points, uh, you know, uh, multiple games yep. going at it. That were, that would remind you of back in the day, like like a, a bird against Dominique, something to that degree, a Jordan against, you know, the Pistons, whatever. It would remind you something similar to that. Mm-hmm. And then you not only come back, but then you go to the next round against the L.A. Clippers, who were heavily favored to win that series. Some would even say heavily favored to win the championship. Yep. So for you to be down 1-3, to come back. Especially after so how I, that I, game I, one went, too. I'm torn in that you have the chance to win a championship mm-hmm. in, your, in your conference versus in the championship round to win it. Yep. And so I'm torn, but I'm leaning towards Denver being more impressive because the stimulus package that the NBA gave Cleveland in basically <laughs> going ahead and doing that to Draymond, suspending Draymond. Yep. And then and then Bogut got hurt. So that's gonna mess up the flow of the team itself. So I'm leaning towards Denver because the fact that they did this not once but twice in the same playoff season. Now, whether they do this again, you know, win against the Lakers, I don't know. What they have done so far, it, to me, is impressive. One thing to note as well is that showed how much of a, the continuity of a team Denver had as well versus the Clippers. Denver had been here before. So, and that's showing as well in these game sevens and them when their backs are against the wall. Mm-hmm. They know who to go to. They know who to trust. Jamal Murray is playing out of his mind. Jokic is playing out of his mind. But having that continuity and trust in those games when they're down double figures, those last games five through seven, but they've been there before. So Mm -hmm. now they're playing with house money now. So as we get into this conference finals. Having said all that about the Denver Nuggets, (laughs) I think Lakers are going to win this series in about six games, man. LeBron is looking at this as, a huge opportunity to get another ring, man. Like, I think he's really tasting it. Pure fact that the Clippers aren't there. Mm-hmm. The pure fact that now the Milwaukee Bucks aren't there. I think that speaks volumes. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy for them. But what I am saying is I, I think LeBron really smells it. And not only that, when you think about the bubble situation, we talked about this before and how some before the bubble would, would have put an asterisk on it. Mm-hmm. In a negative way, yes. I'm putting an asterisk on it in a positive way, and I think LeBron may be thinking about that too. Just think about if he wins this championship, how much more this would even cement his legacy. 
Yes, big time. He would have four rings, and some can say, well, this particular championship run was like no other championship run. And it was with the Lakers. And it's with the Lakers. I see four games to two uh, in favor of the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. What say you? You don't know how much Denver has left. So that's where I struggle. If they're still, if they still have a lot of gas left, they can push the Lakers to six. The way the Lakers played that last series against Houston, they're firing on all cylinders. Rondo is playing out of his mind. LeBron and AD were doing their thing. So I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I, I would say six as well. Now to the NFL, our NFL predictions. Uh, and so let's go ahead and start off with the NFC. This year, uh, we're looking at actually uh, seven teams from each conference uh, making uh, the playoffs. Uh, I'm not necessarily a fan personally of it. Seven teams out of each conference. And let's start off with the NFC East. Uh, some would call that the NFC least. Um <laughs> We'll call it the NFC East here. I, I think the winner of that division, and I hate really to say this, man. I think the Dallas Cowboys is going to win, the, win that division. Yes, I agree with you, Jason, on that one. Oh. <laughs> Pains me to say that. Uh, and I said, I'll say this, too. I don't think there's going to be a wild card coming out of that division. I, I agree with you there, too. Uh, so I think the Dallas Cowboys will be the only team out of that division that will make the playoffs. All right, let's go with the NFC West. I believe the winner of that division, that's going to be an interesting division right there. I think, I honestly believe that the Seattle Seahawks are going to win that division. Man, you looking at my notes. (laughs) (laughs) I think the Seahawks are going to win that division. I will say this though too. I think we're going to have a wild card out of there. Who do you think is coming out of there, Jay? I can see the Rams coming out of there. They look tough, man. They look tough. I, that's a, that is a difficult one to, to select. And it, I, are the 49ers one of those teams that make the Super Bowl, they lose and don't make the playoffs this year? You know you how know that what? goes. Usually a team that doesn't uh, comes in second, loses the Super Bowl, usually doesn't make the playoffs the following year. Well, here, here's the thing about that. Mm-hmm. I think this, this division – is so deep Mm -hmm. i could possibly see another wild card two wild cards coming out of here out of this division i can see the 49ers coming out of here Mm -hmm. so you're leaving arizona i'm leaving arizona out and then let me let me quickly do this man and i I really gotta do this i have got to shout out the la rams and the la chargers new stadium it is absolutely phenomenal and I really have to shout out one uh, lead engineer by the name of Jerisha Alamayohu. I may have really botched the last name, but she did go to the Florida A&M University, my alma mater. My understanding is that she was the lead engineer of that facility uh, and where she studied civil engineering structures at, again, the Florida A&M University. And so I, I got I have to shout it out because in looking at this arena on Sunday night, it was absolutely beautiful. So definitely wanted to give a shout out there. But I will say this: I do believe there's going to be three teams coming out of the NFC West. 
and I believe the Seattle Seahawks are going to be the ones who win that division. Okay. I agree um, with you on the Seahawks. I'm torn between – I like the Rams. They look solid. The Cardinals, man, that's, I'm going to go with the Cardinals as the surprise team and just say one – That's going to make it? Yeah. So you're saying the Cardinals are going to make it? As a wild card, yes. Okay, okay. We're gonna have to. We definitely come back on this one. So, <laughs> so we're gonna go to your your NFC South, man. Oh man, we're gonna go to your NFC South. Who who? I mean, I'm a. I hate you got, man? Oh man, as a Falcons fan, <laughs> <laughs> I sure do want to take Atlanta as the conference or division champion. But I have to be a realist here, Jason. Oh man, <laughs> as a Falcons fan, I hate to even say this, but New Orleans. Looks like they're going to be the cream of the crop in our division. Wow. You're going, wow. That, that's really surprising coming from you, man. That's painful. That's surprising that's coming from you. I, I, I should end the show right now because that hurts. But I'm going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep going. And as the second team, because I think two teams are coming out of this division as well, my boys are mm-hmm. going to come out of here. They're going to take over Tampa Bay and take second place in this division. They may not look the part right now, and they do have the third hardest schedule in the NFL, as usual, but I, they're going to they're gonna write the ship. It's going to take a couple weeks, but I'm going with my boys. I know it's homerism at its finest, but I'm going with it. How about you, Jason? I mean, this ain't, look, man, I, I, your Falcons just ain't looking good, man. I said ain't for real, <laughs> for reason. Your Falcons just ain't looking good, man. I mean, your offense is is spot on, close to being spot on. But mm-hmm. man, I, this is going to be a tough game uh, this coming Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. All right, that's going to be a tough game for you because both team both teams are zero and one, and we and know the, the statistics about those teams going to zero and two. So. With that, I'm going to – the winner of this division, in my opinion, will be – I'm going to have to go with the Saints as well, purely because of the experience and the continuity mm-hmm. that they have. Now, I'm not putting that much trust and faith in your Falcons, man. I can see <laughs> Tampa Bay right in the ship here. Yep. You have, you have a six-time Super Bowl champion as your quarterback. Uh, yeah, he looked terrible that first game, but you know what? He'll bounce back. Oh, yeah. Mike so, Evans will too. Um, like Evans will and, and they have too and they have too many pieces on a team mm-hmm. collectively, man. So I mean, I'm going with New Orleans to win the division, and I'm having Tampa Bay as a wild card. And again, we're talking about seven teams out of each conference. That means that in the NFC North, personally, I'm just looking at one team coming out of there. Okay, because that that would mean that let's see, one. I only got one more team coming out. Mm-hmm. to make the playoffs, and I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. I'm not a homer. I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of – Division, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just don't see Chicago doing anything, man. Uh, they can – they may surprise you a little bit, but mm, I, I'm not putting any trust and faith in the Chicago Bears. Um, Detroit Lions are the Detroit Lions. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, um, yes, they will contend. But after watching that first game, there's no home field advantage at all. This, it, to me, it's almost like the bubble situation where in the NBA and where there aren't any home field advantage. 
The fans not going to be in your ear like that. I mean, yes, they're piping in some noise, and eventually they may have more and more fans. Yeah. But, man, Aaron Rodgers can play anywhere, man. He proved that, you know, week one against Minnesota. I'm just picking the Packers to come out, man. And that's, that's my seven. Who you got? I think the Packers will win the division. Another one that pains me to say. Don't hate, man. <laughs> Why are you hating against, against my Wisconsin teams, man? But, and I think the Vikings will get the other wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Even though the secondary look real shaky. They're young. Mm-hmm. Right? But that first half, they were – they were in the game. I don't know what the heck happened in that second half against Green Bay, but the first half, they played pretty well. So I think they have a, a few injuries on the line, and they're young in their cor- with their corners, kind of like Atlanta Falcons in a way. So I see them taking that last spot. Okay, and there you have it. So that's the NFC Conference. Now let's get to the AFC, and let's start off with the AFC East. Some would even call that the AFC least, man. I, I just don't know what's going on with these <laughs> NFC and AFC East teams, man, I, or divisions. I just don't understand. But let me ask you this, Danny. Who you got in the AFC East? To win the division, I'm going with Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills. And second place, New England Patriots in that division. I'm still torn on if they're going to get in that top seven. So I'm going to come back to that to say New England's Right now in my top seven, but they might drop after I go through the rest of the divisions. How about you, Jason? Look here, man. I'm going with Buffalo Bills to win that division as well. Mm-hmm. It's a travesty what's happening with the New York Jets, man. Adam Gates needs to be fired, in my opinion. I don't know how he got the job from you know, his performance in Miami with the Dolphins and then ultimately getting to the New York Jets. I, I just don't get it, man. But until Gase is gone, New York Jets will, will forever, you know, be trash. The Patriots, I can see them sneaking in. Mm-hmm. Let's see how the rest of this kind of plays out yeah. uh, for the rest of the AFC uh, conference here. And so with that, let's go ahead and go to the AFC West. I'm going Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs to win the division. The next team in that division, I'm torn, man. The Chargers have a good defense. Mm-hmm. Their offense is shaky. Mm-hmm. The Raiders have a good offense. Their defense is shaky. Mm-hmm. And Denver's kind of in between all of that. So, that being said, I think the Chargers will take second place in that division. That's another one I want to revisit. Look here, man. I got Kansas City yeah. winning the division. Mm-hmm. I have the Las Vegas Raiders also coming in out of that division. Yep. Look, man, the Raiders' speed receivers are phenomenal. Yes. And, I, you know, they drafted some speedy receivers. The same thing with Denver. They drafted receivers, something the Packers can take note on. Yep. And I would just say this. I think that between the Raiders and Broncos, that's going to be those two games, conference or divisional games, are going to be crucial. Yes. Um, but nonetheless, I think the Raiders are going to be that second team coming out of that division. Okay. I can see it. Uh, let's go with the uh, AFC South. Who, who do you have coming out of the AFC South? I tell you, man, look at that. When we are doing this research, it's so top-heavy in some of these divisions. It's unreal how these teams get year after year get to skate. But mm-hmm. whatever. Now I'll, I'm going to have to go with the Tennessee Titans to win this division with the Colts coming in second place mm. and taking okay. the wild card spot. Okay. Okay. 
How about you, Jason? I, I, let's look here, man. I don't know how much Tannehill is going to have a repeat performance from last year. Mm-hmm. That's a concern that I have in deciding the pick here. But I, I will say this. Uh, in no way am I a fan of the Indianapolis Colts, but they have been divisional winners for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Derrick Henry is just a beast back there in the backfield for the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans to win this division along with you. We better hope that Derrick Henry uh, <laughs> <laughs> remains healthy because if he doesn't, it's a wrap. Oh, yeah, they're done. I can see the Colts uh, coming out as well. So that leaves the AFC North. Uh, who do you have in the AFC North? I went back and forth on this one between the Steel- Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens on uh, who was going to win the division. And I'm picking the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the division and the Ravens to get the second spot in the division. Cincinnati doesn't have it. Cleveland, I, you don't know what you're going to get with them right now. They're kind of all over the board. Mm-hmm. But the Ravens and the Steelers have solid defenses. I can go either way with them. I think it's going to be – it can flip-flop. But right now, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh and then Baltimore mm-hmm. in second. I'm going with Baltimore winning that division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also see Pittsburgh uh, coming up behind here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will leave kind of going back to the AFC yes. East, the New England Patriots as, you know, one of those teams that would make it in into a wild card here. So seven teams each out of both the AFC and NFC conferences uh, to make the playoffs with the number one seed having that first week bye. Yes. Um, and then the other teams matching up to uh, fight to play to see who will advance in that next round. There, this, uh-huh. there you have it. And now our trading card scenario. Take it away, Danny. So the first trading card scenario we have on the docket today is Dante Culpepper's 1999 Skybox Premium Rookie Card for Cam Newton's 2011 Donruss Elite Rookie Card. So quick bios on these two gentlemen. Dante Culpepper went to Central Florida, was the 11th overall pick by the Minnesota Vikings, and Cam Newton out of Auburn was number one pick by the Carolina Panthers. Both play quarterback. Both are considered dual threats. And we'll get into more of the statistics and everything as we debate this training scenario. So, Jason, who are you going with? Look, man, this was a hard one. This was really a hard one, man, because as I look at Dante Culpepper, he was like 6'4", about 260. And that was really, really uh, Cam before Cam. Dante wasn't as speedy or uh, I don't think as agile as Cam. But he he could hold his own. You mentioned University of Central Florida, and I gotta say this: I, I think when you think about Dante Culpepper when he came out, Central Florida wasn't like the Central Florida now. So you know me, I always kind of look at okay, what do they do? Yeah. In college, Dante Culpepper, I would say, really helped put the University of Central Florida on the map. Mm-hmm. I remember going. On campus, the University of Central Florida, it was 
it was random in Orlando and I'm like, let me just check this place out. Right. And so I go to central Florida, I start walking around or whatever. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this place is huge. This campus is huge. Uh, my understanding is that they're the largest uh, student body in the country. Um, and it really, I think started with the likes of Dante Culpepper mm-hmm. and what he did for the university and how well he played. I thought about that. And then I also thought about Dante Culpepper and his career and looking at his career stats. He had that one, that one great year. The one great year he had was in Minnesota. And that's when he had 4,717 yards. And that was in 2004. And so I look at that and I'm like, man, you know, he had a, a great career uh, in all uh, overall. And then I look at Cam Newton. In Auburn, I remember uh, being in Atlanta's airport, standing in line, and I remember turning around, and all of a sudden, I, I see kind of like maybe 12 feet, 12 to 18 feet from me, I see Cam Newton. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, Cam Newton is huge. But I also think about Cam Newton and his journey, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he before getting to Auburn, he was in a JUCO, got to Auburn, won a national championship in Auburn. So he had to have beaten Alabama. He had to have won the SEC championship game and then ultimately went on to, you know, win the national championship game. I believe that was against Oregon. And so I I think about that. And then I think about his NFL career and, and I am not necessarily a fan of his, uh, attire, but he has won an MVP award. He did get to, in a sense, the promised land in that of the Super Bowl, but didn't win it. Mm -hmm. Talking all that junk. They were talking a whole lot of junk the whole year. The Carolina Panthers were, and they got to the Super Bowl and got toe up against the, um, Denver Broncos. I say that to say I'm going to have to go with Cam Newton on this. I'm going to have to go with Cam Newton on this, man, because Dante Culpepper was nowhere near winning an MVP award in his career. And the longevity that Cam has had as a dual threat, quote unquote, a dual threat quarterback uh, has been a little bit longer that of Dante Culpepper. Uh, I think Dante Culpepper kind of got done wrong a little bit towards the end of his career. Because uh, I think he still had a lot of juice in him, quite honestly. But I don't think he was putting the right opportunities on the right team with the right offensive scheme. Yeah, He almost made another 4,000-yard season a couple of times in 2000 when he finally started playing. And then, also, and then again, that's with Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he also came close in 2002 with Minnesota. And I think that was the very much so right system for him. But again, that 4,717 yard season, man, he was, he was up there in 2004, but that was pretty much it. So I'm going with Cam Newton on this one. Who you got? They're very similar players uh, from, like I said, a dual threat perspective. I think the main thing when I was looking at this was star power and even the player, even if you compare the players themselves, Cam did a lot more with less. Dante Culpepper had Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jake Reed versus Cam. His teams weren't always – their defense was pretty good, but he, he always – he didn't have the top-tier receivers or top-tier running backs. And they were, 
he was kind of piecemealing things as he went along. And with him making the playoffs four times in his career, a couple times they came close. And just, like I said, the star power. And if I'm looking at the cards, Cam is the one I want. Dante Culpepper did get his role on, if you remember back in the day. <laughs> so I got to give him props for that, getting his role on back in the early 2000s. <laughs> but all that being said, I'm going to have to go with Cam Newton in the scenario. Okay, okay. Uh, what's the other train car scenario? So the other scenario we have is Deshaun Watson's 2017 Panini Prism rookie card. Or Randall Cunningham's 1987 Tops rookie card. Quick bios, Deshaun Watson uh, came from Clemson, number 12 pick by the Houston Texans. Randall Cunningham, UNLV, 37th pick overall by the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Jason, with those two, who are you taking in this scenario? This one was tough. This one was really tough, and here's the reason why. I feel like this. When you think about the stigma that black quarterbacks had back Mm -hmm. in the day and where they were quote unquote smart enough to lead a team or they weren't uh they couldn't pass they couldn't throw they'll just rely upon the run Mm -hmm. and to later find out that randall cunningham was before his time i'm torn because on one hand you have randall cunningham from the unlv rebels Mm-hmm. wasn't as well known because when you ha- look at Deshaun Watson and his c- college career of the Clemson Tigers, how, mm-hmm. you know, he played against the Alabama Crimson Tide two years in a row and made them look sad, made that defense look sad. He was a bad dude. Oh, man, he was bad. Oh, he was bad, man. So when we're talking about the rookie card, and, you, yeah. and my, the fans know – <laughs> where I'm going. When you talk about the rookie car, I'm looking at what did they do in college to transition? Does it transition into the NFL? And just, just to note here too, so when you look at Randall Cunningham's draft class, number one draft pick at that time was Bruce Smith, Hall of Famer. You had Chris Dolman uh, later in, that, in the first round, Hall of Famer. You have Jerry Rice, one can argue best football player ever uh, mm-hmm. coming out of Mississippi Valley State and HBCU. Uh, and then in the second round, like you mentioned, then you have the likes of Randall Cunningham. But yet he was very effective in his leadership and he, he allowed the Eagles to become a threat. Mm-hmm. The Eagles had a very good team, man, many years. But yes. I will say between the two, there's one – that actually made it to the conference finals. And this was Randall Cunningham later in his career and where he was with Minnesota and that dream team because they had a whole lot of weapons, including that young Randy Moss. At the time, they broke the scoring record. And lo and behold, what happens? They get to the doggone conference finals against your Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Gary Anderson missed that field goal. Had missed all year. He hadn't missed all year. And we had the dirty bird to the Super Bowl Ain't that, that year. Something, man. Ain't that something? <laughs> but I would say I would have to go with, in this particular trading card scenario, looking at the value of the card, 
Mm-hmm. Randall Cunningham pulls at the heartstrings, man, because of what I initially started with in terms of the stigma of a black quarterback back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was definitely rooting for Randall Cunningham and in the Vikings. Yes, as a Packers fan, I was Packers fan. I was rooting for the Vikings to win that game because I just thought they were a better team, and I thought it'd be a more interesting Super Bowl, which it actually <laughs> proved my theory right it would have been a better super bowl with the with Man. the vikings um <laughs> go there <laughs> i'm going to go with deshaun watson on this because what he did in college uh against the alabama crimson tide two years in a row in the college championship playoffs and then ultimately uh carrying it over to the nfl i'm going with deshaun watson who you got looking at this scenario it brought me back man for those of you who have not seen Randall Cunningham play, this is one of those times if you want to look at some highlights. Mm-hmm. Speak on it. He revolutionized the game. There's plays where he would get flipped and land on his feet and keep running, get hit. He was taking a lot of hits. Keep going. Mm-hmm. The dude could throw probably 70 yards in the air, it seemed like. His arm was insane. Yeah. And that's why it was such a travesty with Randall because they had that defense – with the Eagles too, with Buddy Ryan and those dudes Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. they just didn't have enough talent on the offensive side of the ball to take them all the way to the promised land. And that was one always where I looked at, man, with Randall, even though they were playing our Falcons, that team was so cold with Minnesota. That team was awesome, man. And to see them fall like they did to us uh, was a travesty because I wanted Randall to get to the Super Bowl. I wanted him to have an opportunity yeah, to win here. a Super Bowl. And if you think same about here. it, yep. Randall set the stage for Michael Vick. When Michael Vick came in the league, mm-hmm. Vick was a quicker version of him. Vick had the same type of arm. He was just lefty. And then you look at now like the Lamar Jacksons of the world where Randall laid the foundation, was a revolutionary yep. from that regard. And like I said, it wasn't like he was just running. He could throw. He can throw, man. He can throw. He can throw. And then you look at Deshaun Watson. Dude's just a winner. Positive attitude. Came out of Clemson. National championship. He's come close with Houston. They just can't get over the hump. Uh, I thought they had it last year, man, out of the blue when they blew that 24-point lead to Kansas City. And he's one of those dudes, too, where I cheer for him, man. I just want him to do well. And in this case, two for two, man. I'm going to Sean Watson, what, what, Panini Prism. What's happening? What's I don't happening, know, it's man. The full I mean, moon out tonight. I, it must be. There you have it. The trading car scenarios. I will say it was definitely difficult on both ones, especially that Randall and Deshaun Watson one. Uh, but there you have it. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.